Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Everybody, welcome to another sports, sports, sports podcast. I am Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us as always is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. That's me. I'm the outsider because I don't know about sports. I'm sick of you joining us and not just being with us. Nope, I'm joining. I'm a special guest, yeah. and someday I will go away. It's no, like, no, no. Someday I'm gonna go mm, away. No, no. It's like yeah. on, on no. TV shows when they have they have like the stars, but they have that person that they know is like the big. Oh, we already Andy did the Gilligan Davis. Islands thing. Yeah. And oh B. wait, Davis is this the Gilligan's Island thing all over? This again? is how this began. <laughs> Joel, we, you're repeating. You only have a million things you could say in your life. You know, you start and to it's, repeat them. it's it's funny because that's not even something we did in like episode ten. Or that was 20. like four that episodes was, ago. Was it was like fairly recent. Yeah. And then Russell Johnson passed, and we were all very sad about that. Yep. Oh, that's right. The professor. Yeah. Yep. God, it's got to be so boring. Our our market research, which consists of one person. Is We're a minute us. and seven seconds in the episode. You're already talking about how boring it is. Hey, Phil, you catch any episodes of Gilligan's on? Island this week? I didn't. I'm, I haven't had the chance. How about sports? Nope. None of those either. Well, kind of the Olympics. So by the transitive property, Gilligan's Island is sports. Yeah. I watched... Um, this YouTube no, video. No, <laughs> I cannot agree with that. This is my favorite sports thing I watched this week. I watched a fair amount of the Olympics. My favorite sports thing that I watched this week is someone on YouTube took a figure skating routine and added farts to it. <laughs> and it was the funniest thing I had ever seen. Look it up. Figure skating with farts. Tim Tebow update watch update. Tim Tebow update watch update brought to you by... Mendes feel the rushing mouth. Man, that was... <laughs> You didn't tell them that they're not paying by the second. Oh, right? I played it on double speed. Oh. I wanted to get through it. We need to but kind now of. Now that we're talking we're stepping about it, up, yeah. Joel. Yeah. At least oh, okay, we yeah. met the parameters of our sponsorship. SEC Player of the Year Michael Sam comes out, semicolon, likely to be NFL's first openly gay player. Subheadline Vladimir Putin still convinced Russian figure skating team entirely composed of heterosexuals. He does. <laughs> Uh, Michael Sam publicly came out this week saying, I'm a proud gay man. He will likely become NFL's first openly gay player because while there's rampant innuendo, punters are a very secretive people. <laughs> That's true. I don't they talk really to them really keep to themselves. They kind of just, you know. Uh, this is two weeks before the combine, and some of us said this wasn't the best timing, while others have countered that there's never a good time. There's never going to be a good time. I disagree. Yeah. I think after a badass sack, which leaves like the quarterback all concussed and shit, <laughs> yeah. would be a pretty fucking great time to come out. What? What? I'm gay. What? Yeah, that There'd would be a be lot a good of confusion time. from the announcers. Your Troy Aikman, like, was that? Is that some sort of taunt, or did, did he really just? Come that actually out? is a pretty awesome taunt. Even if you're yeah. straight, if you hit somebody really hard in a game, you should just be like, this is a good "I'm point. gay." What? I would love nothing, nothing more than for Michael Sam to utterly dominate the NFL for the next 15 years. Oh, that'd be wonderful, and have like very outwardly effeminate celebrations for every sack that he has. Yeah. Well, I think I think what's going to be interesting about this is you know we have the first uh, professional football player openly gay. Hopefully, there'll be more that yeah. you know and and. And I think ultimately this is going to lead to a subversion of some of sports' classic taunts. Ooh. Hey, hey, say hi to your dad for me. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's not what your dad said last night. Whoa. <laughs> and 
I fucked your dad last night. Whoa, that one would be painful. I do have to say, when this story came out, I choked up a little bit. I was really thrilled about that. That's Joel and says I mean, choked it, up when he means masturbate. I was right, going to exactly. say that's that's exactly it. This I, might turn really ugly and I really hope it doesn't. I don't I don't think it I will. I think I think on some level I was just sort of like this is actually a really big cultural step. It's kind of silly that it is, but it is. And I think the next big cultural step would be a subversion of that taunt to I fucked your parents. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them at once. The no first, need to choose. The first openly bisexual player in the NFL. Right, right. Yeah. And now here's the thing. This is a Tim Tebow update, watch update. I was wondering when yeah, we were going to get very to What does it have to do with Tim Tebow? I'm sure he had a comment. No, he didn't, actually. Oh, never mind. Cowboy's um, really upset. Tim Tebow also taunts people by saying he fucked their dad. No, just kidding. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say. Some are saying, and by some I mean middle-aged white male columnists, that the media circus that followed Tebow around will pick up their stakes and follow Sam around, adding that some teams may not want to deal with that. They cite New York Jets players who began to get agitated when they were constantly asked about their second-string quarterback. Uh, I don't think this is apples to apples uh, because the Jets sucked. And apples to apples is hilarious. It's a very <laughs> funny game. And Tebow was a, a QB who had led the Broncos to the playoffs the season before, so they, the question they could keep asking was, should Tebow start? Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. And they said, like, they could say, how did Tebow look in practice this week? They could ask that over and over of people. They cannot ask, how was Michael Sam's sexual orientation this week as opposed to last <laughs> week, over and over again. I it's, would. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm don't very think, curious. I, I don't think it's going to change. I think, I think it's one of those they can ask the questions, all the Michael Sam questions, they're going to get out of the way in, like, one training camp. Yeah. And then it's like, they have they got no more material after that. Incidentally, Jordan, you don't need to qualify columnist with middle age and white. Uh, we know. <laughs> uh, but the comparisons to Tebow end once Sam enters the gridiron, as Michael Sam will be a real football player when he grows up. <laughs> Tim Tebow update watch update. Tim Tebow update watch update. Brought to you by Mentos. Feel the rush in your mouth. Okay. So let's see, what do we have on the show this week? Well, we have, uh, oh, we have an interview. We absolutely, we have an interview with, with someone the who artistic a- director Okay, the opening ceremonies. Yes, I watched those on silent. They were good. Yeah. I watched them with volume, and I, it was, I was transfixed. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Cirque du Soleil show of many colors and flavors. Yes, can't wait to have him on. His name is Pierre Valbonne. Ooh, that's a great name for a yeah. Russian. Well, you know, th- hey, the Russian court spoke French for some yeah. time. You know, he could be of French descent and have moved to Russia. That is true. Yeah. We also have that that guy who was kind of a dick. That that back Patrick Brandenburg. Oh yeah, Brandenburg. Kind of hacky, hacky newspaper man yeah, or something. Yeah, the guy who's uh, doing our Olympic coverage. Yeah, P- Pulitzer Prize winner. Uh, yeah, former writer. Uh, they used to give those out to like anyone. I think he won right. a Peabody. Okay, yeah. whatever. Right. Anyway, but he's our correspondent. We're really lucky to have him on our podcast. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna put up a a, a good face with him. I'm gonna show of good effort. I'm okay. gonna try, right. even though but a Peabody is a really nerdy sounding award. He is he is our try. official field correspondent, so he's gonna well, be. Well, you know the what? Olympics he better start acting week. like it. He yeah. better start acting like it. Okay. Uh, uh, and I believe we also have a weird sportsman this week. Uh, you're goddamn right we do. Oh, we goddamn right we do. And news, news, news. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. India's back in the Olympics. About hey! time. Subheadline, don't call it a comeback. Call it the IOC lifting India's ban, which was the result of rampant corruption on India's Olympic committee. I did not know about this. <laughs> Wait a second, India was banned from the Olympics? If you were watching the opening ceremony with the volume on. We didn't. 
<laughs> or the volume off. You may have noticed uh, India's three Olympians were introduced to the opening ceremony. India has winter Olympians? Yes. No, Joel. He's about to say oh it. Oh my the story. gosh! I I introed the story as back. I can in the... still be shocked. I thought I thought like they were allowed back in, and then two years from now Don't they, they would have, have like mountains athletes. in the northern part of oh, India. That's yeah. a good point. They it's a rather large Nepal. country. It is. Yeah. Uh, well, most of it's really hot. All right, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> without their nation's flag, they were introduced. Uh, without their nation's flag, they were introduced as uh, just Olympians. <laughs> You know, uh, under the, the agents. Well, see, here's the thing is to uh, the Olympic Association uh, of India was suspended in December 2012 uh, for electing what uh, the IOC deemed were tainted officials. India's defense in the matter was all of our officials are tainted. Give us a break. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, we got this is all we got for real, though. Um, so let me get the IOC was insisting that somebody else's IOC was corrupt. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the pot is calling the kettle corrupt. So when they when athletes come in like this, maybe you notice this in the summer games when uh, there were more teams, some teams that don't officially have countries, they go in under the Olympic flag. That's what they compete yeah. under. And it's like, so they got inter- in- introduced as independent athletes and uh, entered on the Olympic flag, which I have to imagine is really, really unsatisfying. Yeah, it's like being <laughs> yeah. the orphans of Olympic athletes. Well, it's like you get that flag, it's like, which ring is Asia? Green, yeah. maybe. I, I guess really, that's us. That's racist, Jordan. Really hope that one of them wins gold so we can watch the medal ceremony where it's just silence. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. They got the ban lifted. We're, there was a subheadline about this. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. If uh, they did win and they didn't have a flag, they'd probably just play like uh, just a general, like a Katy Perry song or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> You're I came gonna hear me in order to get the ban lifted, the Indian Olympic Association had to hold new elections, which it finally did on Sunday. Then the IOC's executive board met and decided to reinstate them. But in order to relay this news to them, they had to wait on hold for 30 minutes before talking to a man with a thick accent named Todd, <laughs> who kept trying to get them to sign up for a one-month free trial of Shopper's Advantage. Oh, oh. zing. Oh, zing. This week in Russian hotels. There was a note in a Russian hotel. That it was tweeted. That was quite humorous. Okay. <laughs> it read, Dear guest! Exclamation point. Please do not put your personal belongings on the second bed. Otherwise, we will have to give you a bill for the use of the second bed and bedding. <laughs> Signed, Hotel Administration. Wow. They're badasses. Well, in, in fairness, it's just their culture to assume most luggage would be filled with a human body. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think I'm enjoying this Olympics so much more than usual because I'm like watching sports and knowing that sports writers and journalists are suffering at terrible yeah. Russian hotels. The two things combined are really, I'm loving it. You put luggage body on second bed, we bill you for second bed. <laughs> it sounds scarier when you do it in that accent. I know it's that Russian accent. Huh. American Olympians fly their freak flags, just not their American flags, because that would make them terrorism targets. That's true. <laughs> the USA House and other athletes' locales are decidedly low-key. Flags, uh, they're keeping flags at a minimum, both on buildings and clothing. It's a sharp contrast to many other Olympics where the American flag is flown freely. Right, but it's yeah. actually more... Constantly. Uh, it's more like how Americans actually live. Yeah. Like, I don't have my flag constantly on everywhere I go, and I don't wear my flag. That's too damn bad, Phil. That's I, too damn bad. I should. Some of us love this country. Yeah. Not apparently. If I, I, if I was an athlete, it's like, it's like if I played for a sports team, anytime I was with that team, I would wear those oh, yeah. colors. This is that. That's, that's yeah. the thing here. It's like, it's not, it's not weird when you're playing for Team USA. I guess that's true. 
It's like if the San Antonio Spurs were over there, they might be playing San Antonio Spurs sweatsuits when they're not playing anyway. Yeah. Uh, so this is what they said. They said, we have let them know some people don't consider Americans their favorites, said Scott Blackman, U.S. Olympic Committee CEO, in a press conference briefing last week, being hilariously diplomatic. <laughs> he said, he went on to say, if you wear non-American attire, it would attract less attention. Sure. Then adding, so would pumping the brakes on drone strikes, but that's not in the cards. <laughs> that's true. Uh, even though Sochi is in the heart of a security circle that encompasses thousands of square miles, American athletes and officials are being cautious because uh, uh, basically the Russians, when they told them about the security circle, hmm. told them like this. You should have nothing to worry about it, this circle, you see. You stray from circle, but you maybe won't be so fortunate with health well-being. <laughs> that would be scary. <laughs> right? So yeah. even though you're in the circle, that's terrifying with that accent. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, still, Americans are trying to turn a negative into a positive, said Stacy Cook, an alpine skier. You do see a lot of the countries putting up their flags in the village. Our presence, we want to make it known on the race hill, not in the village. Yeah, those out-of-reach grapes are probably really sour, girl. Oh, snap. Sean White's half-pipe is most certainly not heaven. Subheadline: everyone hates the flying tomato. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just found this out. Because like he him. sucks. No, Whoa. he's great. I Whoa. Like fourth him. place. I we didn't send you to Russia to he get came fourth, in fourth place. place? Yeah. In front of the I Russians. I was about to hear about it. No. Yeah. So despite bring, uh, bringing uh, fame to the sport and basically getting into the Olympics, yeah. it seems that there was snowboard jubilation over Sean White's failure to medal. Really? Swiss Ori Padlekchizhov, nicknamed iPod, I took thought. home the gold and a cease and desist order from Apple. <laughs> you know it's good for snowboarding, man, American teammate Danny Davis said of White finishing fourth, far behind iPod. The world knows that there are other snowboarders besides Sean. It's great, man, because there are a bunch of good riders in our sport, and they deserve some credit, too. He went on to say that White finishing fourth was a gift. Whoa, that's mean. Perhaps uh, someone, uh, somehow, courtesy of a judge, who in his or her mind's eye could picture Sean White's flowing red locks doing a perfect 1080. Yeah. But he cut him, man. It's no good. Jeez. But someone had to be at least unhappy. If all these people were happy, someone had to be unhappy. And maybe it was a 10-year-old cancer survivor named Ben Hughes, who was a Sean White mega fan and who got to go to the Sochi Games for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh. White's oh. utter failure was probably the worst thing that's ever happened to young Ben Hughes. Yeah. Well, well, actually, wait. It's, it's, what could you know be worse? What? I, one... I take it back. You know, it's probably the second worst. Right, yeah. Probably I the can, second worst. I could name one worse, and I only know what the sentence you read to me. <laughs> so Wait, so what was it? Did he not get what he wanted for his birthday? White did not perform well. Uh, he featured more slips and falls than usual. But this may have been due to some advice he had received right uh, prior to doing his half-pipe thing. Mm. Be careful on half-pipe. Some smart Alex <laughs> snowboarders try to show Russian comrades up, and they have unfortunate accidents. <laughs> oh, that's scary. They slip, they fall down, or errant biathlon bullet strikes in neck area just below helmet. <laughs> that's freaky. That would that you might not perform well. This is actually anytime well. we don't win medals in Sochi from here on out, I'm going to blame it on Russian sabotage. Racist. Joining us now is the artistic director uh, for the opening ceremonies, and he's going to be again for the closing ceremonies. Um, but he's going to talk to us about the creative process for coming up with the entire opening ceremonies. We now have Pierre Valbone. Hey, it's welcome to be here. Hey, hey Pierre. Hello. It's great to have you. Yes, yeah. it's good to be here. 
Absolutely. Uh, it is it is not we usually have sports people on. Well, I I participated in the sports uh for the opening ceremonies of uh Sochi Olympics. Yes, yes. I I think it was a pretty stellar show. Oh no, I watched it and I thought it was absolutely outstanding. It was, you know, you know, I it hear, was long. I hear word that it would even be good listening to on mute. And not not Listening as good. Listening to our mute. Oh, uh, was, uh, watching, uh, I think. Watch, yeah. Watching. Be nice. He's, watching he's it. Call it the ESL. Well, there was, it was not without some controversy. I thought we'd just ask you about a few of the most notable moments that oh, people remember. Yes, I would love to And talk to, to you talk. about the, the yeah. creative process. Maybe yes, get you I, to explain some of what happened. Yes, uh, if you have any questions about uh, what happened, now is the time. Okay, well, could you tell us about the whole, I would say, the, the children at the top of it? You know, the yeah. whole, the, the, the girl... And like uh, you know, they had that. She had that. Like she, the, the theme. The, the young the, girl yeah. with the theme. There was the young girl. There was the young girl at the top, and she was the snowflake princess. Okay. That young right. girl was actually my cousin. Your cousin. Oh. My cousin. Is that nepotism in casting? There maybe. Yes, her name is nepotism. <laughs> that was her name. Nepotism in casting. <laughs> Was her name? Wow! What what a guess, Joel. Very, What a guess! I, yeah, I'm surprised you know that. <laughs> it was very impressive. Really followed pretty closely. I mean, yes. and also part of her process was she was actually flying for a portion of the ceremony. Yes. She was hooked up to that. Could you tell us a little bit about the uh, rehearsals yes. with that? Uh, my uh, I have another cousin. Uh, the other cousin owns a crane factory. A what factory? A crane factory. Oh, sorry. I thought you said a crane. And we had, we attached wire from the cranes of my cousins. A crane, and then we uh, flew her to the sky so that everyone could see a little nepotism okay. fly. <laughs> that's really weird. With, with that, help of crane. That's kind of funny that you had the connection there with your cousin and it, uh, uh, I feel like everyone did see nepotism, absolutely. Yes, it was the uh, uh, entire country came together so, uh, making so, girls So fly. it sounds like the the theme the theme was, was derived almost entirely from sort of uh, – relatives in the industry that they're working in well i i mean it's about the art first it's and not just about <laughs> and the, when and when you're talking about art yes. i gotta talk about the projections uh on the on the bottom of the oh, stage oh yes that was just absolutely it outstanding made you look like you're uh swimming through early cinema yeah yeah it was like it was fascinating it was like the most visually stunning thing i've seen since avatar maybe you could tell us a little bit about that yes all the inspiration for uh the projection is um so how how do you uh how do you say uh my cousin owns a light bulb for projector company very high power <laughs> they're very it works best from 500 yards away or farther right so very high he light does bulbs. not sell his family has been very hungry because not many opportunities to buy those light bulbs so i said you, you know what we uh i uh i bring you on to this olympics Okay, that okay, makes well, sense. There's not you don't see a lot of those high powered light bulbs. Uh, another thing that a lot of people were talking about, though, the I believe the the Ministry of Internal Affairs Police Choir, oh uh, yes. performed their rendition of Daft Punk's yes. Get Lucky. Daft, uh, Daft Punk's Get Lucky. 
Oh, that um, was this year's yeah. Hot Summer Jam. It was the Hot it Summer was. Jam. Was it uh, the Hot Summer Jam in Russia, too? Uh, it was uh, very popular in Russia, but more importantly, I've got some cousins in France. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, because Daft- my name is Pierre, and <laughs> right. Daft Punk is also my cousins. <laughs> Wow, that's that's yeah. wow, that's. Quite, do you know why they wear was... those big uh, motorcycle helmets? Yeah. Uh, why do they wear those? Because I have another cousin who makes motorcycle <laughs> helmets. He makes that's why they, he makes motorcycles. He crafts them out of motorcycle helmet materials. Gonna be honest, Pierre, that was not the family connection I was expecting. No, there was Daft Punk. <laughs> is uh, thought oh, it was maybe gonna be the, the police choir, but Daft Punk. Okay. No. Oh, uh, my! I, I also uh, have a cousin who is a secretary for police. So she wanted day off. She got the day off by sending them out to sing my cousin's Dave Punk. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I I hate to do this, but we do want to delve into a little bit of the controversy. A lot of people couldn't help but notice that in the sort of history of Russia that was being told, Mm. the Soviet era era was presented in sort of a very positive light and sort of glossed over uh, things like the era of Stalin. Stalin, who I believe founded the city of Sochi, definitely built it up. you know, how do you respond to maybe the criticism that you attempted to sort of whitewash your national history? No, well, you do, you do not want to talk about sad things. <laughs> then anyways, okay. uh, Stalin, Stalin, I, uh, we kicked him out of the family. <laughs> we said after he was doing all uh, so many, yeah, how you say, um, messed up things. After <laughs> he up, was yeah. doing that, yeah. we said, you're no longer my cousin. And I kicked him out. So and Joseph I said, Stalin was one of your cousins. Yep, and he is now, I, I said, if someday I ever put together the opening of Olympics, you'll not be in it. <laughs> wow. And I, I, uh, how you, um, pretty, I stuck pretty... to my uh, AK-47s. Yes. I stuck to my AK-47s. Pretty brave to say that to Stalin. Uh, he was a bummed. He was a little <laughs> bummed out at first, but I think he understood. Usually when Stalin was bummed, other people got bummed really quick. Uh, I think we have different interpretation of the word bummed. <laughs> well, let's let's briefly let's also let's maybe if yes. we could round this out and talk okay. about the yeah. lighting of the torch. The most oh, majestic yes. thing is when they have the Russian athletes <sighs> running yeah. out. You had Maria Sharapova, who, by the way, at uh, she, at seven feet tall, she is twice as, as uh, large as Bob Costas. Oh yep. yes, uh, but and she was part of three it. Three times yep. as gorgeous. Three, well, two and a half. <laughs> But but can you talk us a little bit about the lighting of the torch because I thought that's my favorite part of any ceremony. Oh yes, yeah. and uh, to be honest, the Olympic committee uh, they say maybe we light the torch, maybe we don't light the torch. I, don't know. I haven't decided if it'll be a uh, part of uh, the opening ceremony. And I said, you know what? I've got the cousin who owns a match factory. <laughs> we could get that torch lit for you <laughs> for the right price. We did. We took the match, we lit the torch, and then gave it to Cousin Sharapova. To, uh, also a cousin. Yeah. Yes. And she uh, ran the out there actual, with the other uh, yeah. athlete. Uh, Vladislav Tretiak. Vladislav Tretiak, yes, another uh, cousin of One of the of greatest mine. goalies yes. in the history of hockey. Yep. Uh, lit, the, lit the torch along with You uh, should see him at the family hockey games. We do at uh, reunions. He stop puck and stop puck and stop puck. <laughs> That's oh. wow! A very talented guy. Very oh. large family you have. It sounds like yeah. And a lot of it. You seem like a. You come from a very industrious family. Uh, actually, um, in America, I don't think you'll have this. Uh, 
where all of uh, your um, all of your country um, uh, have make sex with each other, and uh, everybody is practically everybody's cousin. I don't cousin. know that we. That's have yeah. That. There's actually laws that kind of well, prohibit I mean, you, that that we put in place. I've heard if you go back far enough, it actually you know. Well, aside aside from that, is is there anything else you can tell us? Maybe you know to, to kind of close this out no, in terms I feel of the like beauty of the. We set. haven't really talked about the deeper meaning. Of the opening ceremony. Well, what, okay, well, we had the theme it? real quick, but what, yeah, what would you say the deeper meaning was? The, uh, the major theme of the opening Olympics was, who in my family can I get to do stuff very cheaply <laughs> so we keep leftover budget to build uh, another uh, cathedral so they don't keep cutting to the um, same shot over and over again? Yeah, St. Basil's. Basil's Saint, Cathedral, Saint Basil's. which is in Moscow, over a thousand miles away from Sochi. Yes. Do you know who it was built by? One of your cousins. No, I actually don't know. I was asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> Ivan the Terrible. Ivan the Terrible. Ah, yeah. uh, he has a cousin. Right? Oh, there he is. He has a cousin of mine. All and right. let me guess, you have, a, you have a cousin who builds cathedrals. He you, probably is not getting a lot of work. People have not been building so many cathedrals over the last... Just you wait until the closing ceremonies. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you for joining us, Pierre. Yeah, you're welcome. It was great having you on. I'm sure you got to get back uh, to Russia for more preparation of the closing ceremonies. It's actually a little amazing that you took time to fly all the way here for this, so we really thank you. You're welcome. Joining us now on the Manzel Hotline, put your man boobs in a Manzel today. Yes. Your man your boobs. Your man boobs. Man boobs in a Manzel, manzel today is... Patrick Brandenburg, our esteemed colleague and new member of the Sports 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 Podcast, broadcasting live from Sochi. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, I hate to bring it up in the air. I am having a little trouble cashing my checks, both for my per diem and my salary out here. Hey, come on, hey, man. Come on. Just, Don't bring I, that I up on the air. You're, you're a How part tacky. of, yeah, I one I haven't been able to get anybody on the two, phone. you're at the Olympics. Counts. Enjoy yourself. This is a celebration I, of the I human really spirit. I can enjoy myself. Let's talk about this cash. offline, come Patrick. Okay. Come on, Patrick. I, understood. You really. promise you won't hang up on me this time because I wanted to discuss I'm not making any promises, Patrick. Okay, all Tell right. Tell us what you're finding there out at the uh, Olympics. Well, the big news today, uh, today being... Thursday, a track worker was uh, injured. Uh, he was out working on the bobsled track when the first oh, sled of like the, day the bobsled. It was yeah. a luge or bobsled. Was it a luge? Bobsled. Oh, okay. You know what's nuts is the luge though. The luge is weird. That is terrifying. Yeah. What about skeleton? Have you seen skeleton? Oh, when it's like you can't see either. No, well, well I'm they're like, like going. They're going head first. It's like. Glad yeah, you like, brought up the Oh, I'm going to break this uh, speed with my face. Yeah, right, the speeds like, that they're going approach 100 miles per hour. It's very dangerous. Uh, it it's like they to took mind, the luge and made yeah. it even more dangerous. Right. Well, the track it's worker almost, due to a faulty PA system had both legs broken, and it brings to mind the 2000 Why are we talking about Jordan a PA worker? Why are we talking right. about Notre the athlete? This is supposed Patrick, to be about the Olympics. No, he's so boring. Killed. He was actually killed when Why he flew off of the track. Hey, what would happen if you were at the top of a luge track and someone just pushed you down? And they're like skeleton loser. You'd probably do just as well, probably because uh, it's icy, right? Yeah, you just slide you down, fly off the course and die, just like mm-hmm. Georgian loser Nodar David. How can you? Kamarfi why are you bringing us down, Patrick? I'm yeah. not trying to celebration bring you down. of the human spirit. I'm going down the luge looks like one of the coolest of things you could ever do. Yeah, but not the two-person luge. I don't know. I think that's still pretty cool. You no. just got to be really comfortable with each other. Uh, you have to be really comfortable with each other. It looks like you're having gay sex. Well, oh, speaking of which, yes. what would you say? I know there's been a lot of controversy in Russia. What is the gayest Olympic sport? Oh, yeah. 
That's an extremely insensitive question, given the the extremely restrictive laws. Oh Come my on, gosh, Patrick! Pick a sport. It was an easy question. Time. I asked you a question. Gay okay. a sport. You give me one sport. I, End of question. I really, this piece was not meant to delve into that. Last week's piece was, but this this time I would really like to talk about whether or not it is safe. And we're talking we're about talking it now, Patrick. Yes, and we asked you a straightforward question. We just want a straightforward I just, answer. I, I really wanted to open some sort of discussion. It's figure skating. There, there okay, we go. It's, it's figure Obviously, skating. It I'll answer my own question. dunk. Yes, well, oh not my any God. athletes have died in figure skating. Fifteen bobsledders have died during the international Look, I'm this is boring. No, Look, get your shit together. I hung up on him. Thank you. I'm sa- you know, I, that guy... Unbelievable. He doesn't play team like in a team. No, he starts bringing up an expense report, talking about his expenses and not getting paid. Like, come on, man. I don't like him. <sighs> I'm not. Do, do you want to pick it up? No. All right. Ne- next segment. Let's yeah, see weird segment. For you, the listeners of Sports 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 Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I personally recommend a wonderful book called The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Joel saw the movie. He said that it was okay. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash comedypodcastnetwork. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash comedypodcastnetwork for your free audiobook. And now it's time for another Weird Sportsman. What do we got? Who's weird? This week's Weird Sportsman, Turk Wendell. I don't think I've heard the name Turk Wendell before. Uh, You should have because he's a weird sportsman. (laughs) Stephen John Turk Wendell, born May 19th. 1967 in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, is a former Major League Baseball right-handed relief pitcher from 1993 to 2004. Hmm. Was it Turk what? Uh, Turk Wendell. Who did he play for? Uh, You know what? Actually, this sounds vaguely familiar now. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, Wendell was drafted by the Atlanta Braves in 1988. He was a fifth-round selection and made his professional debut with the Pulaski Braves of the Appalachian Appalachian League in June 1988. He made his first major league appearance in June 17th, 1993. Wendell. <laughs> With which team? Uh, I'm going to get to all his teams. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> all right. um, he, I mean, he was MLB. was with the Chicago Cubs. It was in the MLB, though. Very, very yeah. good, Phil. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, Wendell was also named the most superstitious athlete of all time by Men's Fitness. Oh, wow. Oh. And men's fitness and authority on athlete superstition. I was going to say, yeah. when that list comes out every year. Everyone checks it. Especially the superstitious athletes. Yeah. They run the newsstands that still <laughs> exist in some parts of the country. Yeah. yeah. Super bad luck not to make that list. <laughs> All right. We don't have a lot of time, so he had a major league a college career. He had a major league career. He came <laughs> off to a rocky start. He became a solid reliever and fan favorite. He had a plateau. He had a decline. Segment called Speaking His Mind. <laughs> Oh, uh, I feel like no baseball player has ever spoke his mind and had it wind up being a good idea. Usually yep. not a good I idea. I can't think of any of, well, I guess maybe Jackie Robinson. But Well, here's Turk Wendell's mind. Wendell made a name for himself not only through his pitching and personality, but through his outspoken nature as well. One of the most notable examples came in 2004 during the heart of the public debate over Major League Baseball's steroid problem. When asked about Barry Bonds, one of the most controversial figures of the debate, Wendell said that Bonds 
obviously took steroids, <laughs> noting the fact that Bonds' trainer had admitted to giving steroids to baseball players and that Bonds' physical appearance strongly suggested steroid <laughs> use. Bonds responded aggressively, telling Wendell, You got something to say? You say it to my face and we deal with each other. Don't talk through the media like you're some sort of tough guy. And it should be said, Turk Wendell was completely right. He was saying what everyone was dancing around at that period in time. Right. Which this was is not like, that weird. It's just yeah, outspoken. Nope. Sounds like an outspoken sportsman. Right. But he had to speak through the media like all tough guys do. Because well, yeah. tough guys don't speak face to face. They speak yeah. through the media, apparently. Hmm. This was not the first time Wendell had been known to ruffle some people's feathers, however. Ooh. In early 2001, Vladimir Guerrero, then playing for the Montreal Expos, <laughs> not, took not Russian. Russian. Not, not Russian. Russian. Nope. He took Dominican, exception right? to being hit by Wendell. Wendell remarked, if he doesn't like it, he can freaking go back to the Dominican and find another line of work. Wow. Which would probably still be baseball player, just not very high paying. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very nice Dominican still, league. Still the same kind. Um, less than a month be later, the best player in the Dominican League. That I'm true. sure it's true. Yeah. Less than a month later, Wendell was ejected from a game against St. Louis Cardinals for throwing behind batter Mike Metheny. Mike Metheny. Yes, yep. I remember this. Yeah. After the game, Wendell asked rhetorically, "When Rick Ankiel is out there and he throws balls everywhere, why don't they throw him out of the game?" <laughs> Was because he th- was he throwing his own teammate under the bus? I don't know. Wait, because wait, he's no, pitching Ankiel for the Cardinals. St. Louis. Oh, so he was a Cub then. He was, yeah, it was against oh, okay. the Cardinals. Oh, right. Mike Matheny was a Cub. This is funny because Ring and Kale was not trying to throw behind people. He was yes. just incapable of doing anything else. He had the yips. He, had yeah. some, he wasn't good. Uh, he, he, got a kind of, he, he kind of became a head case and had, yeah, couldn't he had pitch anymore. a weird mental breakdown that he couldn't, couldn't throw accurately, and that's really important. But let's oh, talk exactly. about, yeah. uh, more about Turk. On the eve of the 2000 World Series between the Yankees and Met, Wendell is quoted as having said, Yankee Stadium, I don't give a hoot about it. We've played there before. It won't be a surprise. The Yankees have tortured us for years and years, and beating them would be sweet for me. During the Yankee celebration of their win, it is reported that every five minutes, someone would call for a toast to Turk Wendell. (laughs) In his face. In numerous interviews, Wendell repeatedly told reporters that he wanted to play his last season of baseball for free. I wanted my last season to be a testament to the game, said Wendell. I only wanted a few things out of life. A wife, children, to play baseball, and to hunt deer. (laughs) When he was informed that the Players Association uh, would not allow him to play for free, Wendell said, then I'll drop out of the union when the time comes. (laughs) Wow. Turk Wendell is the man. Yeah, he likes to hunt deer. Yeah. Um, In March 2006, Wendell was quoted by the suburban Chicago Daily Herald, as believing that former Cubs teammate Sammy Sosa, of course, used steroids. <laughs> Wendell alleged that Sosa's home run totals increased significantly only after he began to use steroids. He also stated that everybody in baseball, including coaches, managers, and owners, knew about steroid use by players such as Sosa, and he agreed that the information in Jose Canseco's book juiced. Hmm. Yeah, you know... It sounds like, isn't it kind of funny how Turk Wendell here is merely stating things that, especially in retrospect, were plainly obvious facts. Yeah. And he's considered weird by the sports media. Us. Specifically. But enough about the controversial stuff. Yeah. We just heard mention earlier that he was voted number one in men's fitness for being the most superstitious player. Oh, that's right. I had forgotten about that. So I'm jumping over to the men's fitness article to read this little bit. Okay. 
Uh, let's begin with the lesser of Wendell's quirks. The major league pitcher would always draw three crosses in the dirt on the pitcher's mound, and he insisted all figures uh, in his contracts ended in 9-9 so as to match his jersey number. Okay. Or yeah, like a Walmart. Got to be right with the Jesus crosses, not, not that weird. A lot of players in the batting box. Well, a, lot, a lot of players in batting box do that. Or oh, stuff yeah. like, you know, it's, that's not too weird. Right. And the next sentence says, now, those things aren't so bad, right? <laughs> Correct. Well. I agree, men's health. It gets weirder. <laughs> An avid hunter, Wendell always made sure he wore trophies from his exotic kills when he pitched. Wait, what? That meant wearing things like mountain lion was claws. Was he the pitcher with the antlers? Was that? <laughs> nah, that was, he had mountain lion claws. He had wild boar teeth on strings around his neck. Okay, that's a little creepy, isn't it? Yeah, well, how about this? How about it? While pitching, Wendell always had four pieces of hard licorice candy in his mouth. After every single ending, the nutball would sprint to the dugout, leaping over the foul line, of course, and brush his teeth. <laughs> when it was time to head back on the mountain, he'd pop four more pieces of candy into his mouth, and the cycle would begin again. That's <laughs> kind of odd. Kind of odd. And I have to say this because it's in the article. And you thought the guy in the cubicle next to you was weird just because he takes his shoes and socks off after lunch. <laughs> that guy is oh weird, though. Boy. Men's fitness. Men's big, fitness Big props writer. to who's, who's the guy who wrote that men's fitness article? Uh, doesn't... Pretty sure it was Jackass Magoo. Howard Cozumel. He does a Compiled lot of by staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Compiled by staff. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, he was. Uh, I think it's weird. He wore dead things on his body. That is that is very odd. I think, I think if I were hunting animal, I might. If I if I killed a mountain lion, yeah, I'd wear its claws. And that brings an end to another weird sportsman. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings to the close another sports, sports, sports podcast. But before we go, Phil would like to give you our contact information. You can email us at sports, sports, sports podcast at gmail.com. That's sports, sports, sports podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at sports, the number three podcast. That's at sports, the number three podcast. You can find us on Facebook by searching sports, sports, sports podcast. You'll top our thinking. You can find us on Stitcher Radio. Download the Stitcher app today at stitcher.com and search sports, sports, sports podcast. You can find us on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash comedy podnet. That's youtube.com slash comedy podnet. While you're there, please subscribe. Uh, you can find us on uh iTunes by searching Sports the Number Three Space Podcast at Sports the Number Three, all one word, Space Podcast. Or you can find all of our back episodes at ComedyPodcastNetwork.com. Oh my God, guys! I just remembered where the name Pierre Valbone is uh, is familiar from. Where uh, he was the reference and the guy we hired to edit the last like few episodes. So we hired one. We hired we hired one, one, of his, one of his cousins. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, lights off. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.